Spencer asks, if you had no choice but to murder one of the Animal Crossing characters, who would it be? And I know you haven't played it, so no. you don't have an answer for that. But I do. Harry. Fuck <laughs> Harry. I would like to kill Harry. of the land on which we are recording and pay respect to the elders past and present of the Yagara and Turrbal people. Sovereignty was never ceded. And this is Online Mole Patrol, ready for a stroll down internet memory lane. I'm Hacklock, a visual artist and chronically online older millennial. And I'm Brian Butts, a fit and proper person. <laughs> so, uh, I guess you're wondering why I invited you here tonight. Uh, that's my dad's joke that you just stole. <laughs> I'm not telling you any more of my dad's dad jokes. Uh, I didn't steal that from your dad. I thought that up on my own. Uh. But back to the question, uh, you may well be aware that it's our 10th anniversary. Yay! Or epiversary. Yes. So I thought to celebrate, I would get us some bubbles. Oh! Yeah. Nice. Yeah, 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 right? Got some ASMR there. Yeah. That's why you had a big bottle. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought I would get us some bubbles and not wear a bra. It's a perfect celebration. Yeah. Yeah, um, so it's our 10th episode, which feels like a big milestone for a couple of city slackers like us. Yeah, I've got zero follow through. My first real jobs were kind of like um, call center jobs where you don't have to manage yourself, you know, like the call just drops in and then you're at the mercy of whoever's on the other end of the line. So because it's our 10th episode. Yeah. Uh, we thought we'd do something different. We thought we'd do a different style of episode, break up the format a bit. Uh, and so I put the call out on social media for questions from the audience. So we're going to answer those. Oh, yeah. AMA. Ask moles anything. Yes. Perfect. Yes. And then I thought after that we would talk about, we'd give some recommendations of stuff that we yes. like and have liked Why not? Guess, during this hell year. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes, we are recording this in 2020, but I don't think it's going to be released until 2021. Oh, my God. I just moved house, so time has no meaning. So shall we get straight into the yeah, questions? Yeah, let's just go straight into the questions. All right. Yeah. Well, nice. I'm going to drink some of this wine. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, so yeah. in no particular order, Clinton asks, what's the best hangover breakfast? Look, I actually have a really strong opinion about this, and um, I got it from my cousin. Yeah. <laughs> who I love. Um I was in Adelaide, absolute rat shit, had slept on his tiny couch. You know when you turn into a pretzel? Like, you can't lie flat, you're a V, yeah. sleeping on the couch. And he made me an English muffin with butter and veggie mite on it and a poached egg. Oh, that sounds disgusting. Well, you hate eggs, but if you loved eggs, you would love this. Ugh. No, that sounds gross. And with the Vegemite. Don't like Vegemite either? Ah. Uh... Not hugely. Oh, come on, man. I'll eat it. It's but just salt. I'm more of a promite kid. Ew. <laughs> oh, man. It's got this weird this weird sweet taste in it that just yeah. shouldn't 
be there. Because I'm a sweetie. Uh. <laughs> um, there was always a war in my household growing up because Gran got me onto Primite. Okay. And my dad can't stand it. He was all Vegemite all the way. And oh, every yeah. time I'd open the Primite jar, he would run screaming from the kitchen. I'm sure I've eaten it in recent times. I love it. Um. I still eat it. Because <laughs> someone who's horny for me likes Promite. <laughs> so I've had some. Expanding yeah. your culinary horizons. What's your hangover breakfast? Um, It kind of depends. When I'm really hungover, I usually can't keep anything down. So mm. when I'm... Only, like a mid-range. Yeah, you know, just when a gentle I'm kind hangover. of mid-range, I think I tend to go something fairly bland and Coke. Because mm. that makes me burp. And I can get out some of the queasy stomach feeling. Okay. So I can kind of burp out a bit of the upset stomach. Uh, And then I'll have something, like, I'll just have toast or something really boring. I mean, like, honestly, one of the greatest joys for me in life is being maybe, like, gently hungover and then going out to brunch with some friends and just, like, really luxuriating into how shit I feel and being really (laughs) grumpy and horrible to everyone. So, you know, like, when I wake up in the morning and then I immediately drive to your house and throw rocks at the window. Yes. And then we go to the low road. Yes, she has done that. (laughs) (laughs) What about fun? Going, wake up, wake up. Yeah, yelling at me. Well, if you didn't want to be friends with a brat, you shouldn't have been friends with me. (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha, you love me. (laughs) I will neither confirm nor deny. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so Anthony asks, CCs or Doritos? And if Doritos, how does it feel to be so wrong? (laughs) When I was young, I had a very strong CCs position. Yeah. And I feel like Doritos are the corn chip of men I have dated oh. in my adult life. I see. Saying that, though, I want to just sidebar and mention that a high school boyfriend used to make these quote-unquote nachos that were like Samboy chips, oh. like plain potato chips, tomato sauce. Oh, no. And grated cheese out of the fridge. No, that's not nachos. I know. That's, no. What is that? And just in the microwave. Oh, they'd be so soggy. What the fuck even is that? It's just warm, wet chips. (laughs) If you're listening to this. Warm, wet, cheesy chips. I'm not sorry, Reagan. You deserve it. (laughs) Uh, I'm afraid I'm more of a Doritos girl. I think I used to be more CCs, but the... We didn't really have Doritos when I was younger. What's the difference between CCs and Doritos? I think Doritos are an American brand and CCs are an Australian brand. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I think the flavours in Doritos are so overpowering. They are quite strong. That I am a sucker for them. Mm, Okay. And so I believe that the second part of Anthony's question was, uh, how does it feel to be so wrong? Yeah. Uh, It feels great. I love to be wrong. Your guilt tripping cannot change my mind. If not being right is wrong, then I don't want to be right. But that's wrong. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you and Anthony can arm wrestle or something. I'm sure he'd love that. Well, and maybe we can have, like, I'll sit next to you and feed you the (laughs) chips while you arm wrestle him and we can organise somebody to feed All those chemical flavours will fuel me. Yeah. Next up, Kelly asks, best instant cup noodle flavour, please and thank you. 
I mean, number one, I feel like we have to narrow it down to the best type of cup noodle, which mm-hmm. in my view is cup noodle. Oh, uh, yep. Right? I can see that. Um, and there's like a seafood flavor or a laksa flavor. There's one that has like a lemongrassy kind of thing going on and has a creamy kind of Oh, yeah, like look. a seafood bisque. Yeah. Hearty chicken. Hearty t- it's not fine. just chicken. Hearty chicken. Hearty chicken. I mean, I just like cup noodles in general. But I fucking love noodles. Chicken noodle is a real uh, comfort food. Chicken noodle soup, chicken noodle oh, yeah. noodle. Yeah. Yeah, I have massive bone for noodles. <laughs> they don't have any bones. They sure don't. What have we got next? Okay, Roxy asks, I've only had female genitals for a bit over a year. How do I become a mole? Is there like a TAFE or an adult ed course I can do? Okay, I was really interested in this question Mm. and so I googled. I feel like it will be instructive for me to go to the Wikipedia on this. There's a Wikipedia article? Yeah. On how to be a mole. (laughs) There's a Wikipedia article on moles. Oh. Maybe there's a wiki how. Uh, We could check that as well. So, mole. Yep. Slang. It's right there. Oh. Yeah, right? Um, so, mole, molly, is a slang term with two different meanings in two places. Okay. So, in the US, it's an archaic term for a gangster's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Like a, a gangster's mole. Like a bikey mole. Mm-hmm. And it says, in Australia and New Zealand, usually pejorative or self-deprecating. Is it self-deprecating or self-depreciating? It's self-deprecating, I think it's right? self-deprecating. I can't believe I just let everybody know that. I we can cut that, that out. <laughs> You're not cutting it out, are you? <laughs> uh, self-deprecating for a woman of loose sexual morals. Oh, no. Or a prostitute. I couldn't possibly define myself as a woman of loose sexual morals. I am, in fact, a prostitute. I'm definitely a woman of <laughs> loose sexual morals. I'm not a prostitute. I don't make enough money. Oh, like, sidebar, get tested, kids. I went for my sexual health check today. <laughs> Oh, no, what happened? No, I'm like, this is just another one of those scenarios where I'm like, oh, is this a good story to tell? So I went and um, the person, it was a new nurse that I hadn't dealt with before over there and she was really cool and she took me through the full battery of questions and so there was a bit where she was saying, you know, the next couple of questions, you know, can be a little bit sensitive and I was like, don't worry, I'm pretty robust. And it was just that, have you ever been paid for sex? Oh. And I... I was like, well, I guess it depends on how you... How do you define Defining that. Mm. And she was like, oh, we got cash money? I was like, no, but one time I told somebody that I'd let them fuck me in the butt if they got me a McDonald's Sunday. <laughs> yeah. But I would have done it anyway, but I'm not sure that they knew that. But anyway, so I got a Sunday. Like that definitely answered her question. <laughs> All right, I just checked WikiHow to see if there was an article about how to become a mole, and there is an article on how to kill moles. Oh, no, no, <laughs> don't read that out. That's that's the only... It's our re- only weakness. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I reckon oh, um, how to become a mole. Uh, it, I think it's something you know that you are. You feel that you are. If you believe it, it's real. Yeah. You can be a mole, Roxy. I believe in you. Should we call, like, people who are fans of the podcast, can they just call (gasps) themselves moles? Moles, yeah. You can opt opt in to being an online mole as well. A a (laughs) molly. Oh, 
Uh, I love Molly. <laughs> okay, Travis asks, why has Paul Rudd never gotten older? Why does he look the same as he did in Clueless? My answers, uh, I assume, genetics and plastic surgery. I think we always fail to consider the possibility of plastic surgery when it comes to dudes, unless it's Mickey Rourke. Yeah, well, he had to get a lot of work done because he was in boxing. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why his face got all fucked up. Because I wasn't paying attention, it's like straight from that Angel Heart movie in the eighties for me to like yeah. modern day. Well, I think he Mickey started Rob. doing mo- boxing because he wasn't getting enough work. Oh, I don't know. Poor I Mickey Rock. I'm sure I've watched the doco about it and completely forgotten. Is that Mickey Rock doco? I think so. All right, I'll get on that. I have a bit of bone for Paul Rudd. Doesn't everybody have a bone for Paul Rudd? It's not just, it's not like a looks thing necessarily. It, like he's, Him as a person. As yeah. Well. Yeah. I just, I think he's kind of cool, you know? Mm. Mm. I think he seems, and of course you never know, it's an actor, it's a celebrity, we're creating some kind of parasocial relationship, but he seems quite genuine. The, the person that I experience him to be, I like that person, and yeah. that could be just like a hologram, right? And yeah. he's just over there being abject. Well, I like the hologram. Um, I like the hologram. And I saw some footage from the American election where people were queued up to vote. You know, they yeah. you know how they stand in queues all fucking day in the yeah. hot, in the heat. Um, and Paul Rudd had gone to his local, like, election... Polling place. Polling place. And it was raining. Uh, someone was holding an umbrella for him and he was handing out cookies. And he was saying, I baked cookies for you. Oh, to say thank you for that's voting. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So why do we reckon he has an age? Just you reckon there's a bit of plastic surgery in there too? Okay. So he's in Clueless mm. when he's got to be in like his early twenties, right? Early or mid twenties if he's playing a teenager. Yep. And if he's done, he was playing a, the older brother, so he was a bit older, but yeah. he was still. I think about the same age. So I think he's experiencing at least some level of commercial success at a relatively young age, which has endured. And so that suggests to me that he has lived a life working indoors Mm. um, and having sufficient money such that he can access healthcare and cosmetics. He can take care of himself. Yeah. He, I don't think that he's lived a super hard life. He hasn't had to do labor in the sun. Yeah. Like sometimes I think I look all right for my age, like in terms of aging stuff, right? Mm. And then I'm like, I haven't done any hard work. I've just sat at a desk talking crap the whole time. Yeah, I know. I don't go outside. Nothing ages your skin more than the sun. Nothing is a better anti-aging cream than sunscreen. I also hate sunscreen. Well, stay inside. I do. (laughs) All right. Um... Okay, the next person had suggestions for bracket battles. Should I okay. list them off or should we just put them aside for later? Um, what if you read them to me and then I'll decide if we cut it. <laughs> okay, so Nina says, I don't have a question, but I have ideas for bracket battles. What alcoholic beverage would be best to consume in the funnel? Which is the best steamed hams meme? <laughs> what if we just consider answering the funnel question? Yeah, because otherwise we'd have to like list every beverage and then... Like, what do you think is a beverage that you would be happy to drink through a funnel? Well, I wouldn't want it to be anything milky. 
Yeah. I'm also not someone who can really chug drinks. I don't want it to be too fizzy. No. I'm not sure that I can chug these days. How about water? <laughs> no, I, absolutely not. Never. I hate water. Fruity Lexia. Oh, no. <laughs> For somebody who purports to love booze, there's a lot of booze I don't want to drink through a funnel. People who do beer, I can't I can't do it. It's too no. fuzzy. It's too oh, fizzy. It's, you know that product where they the foam, the expanding foam? Yeah. That's what beer feels like to me. <laughs> To drink. Do you get that when you have a sip of Coke and your mouth is really disgusting and pasty? I don't. And then your whole mouth just fills. It's like the Coke has this reaction to all the shit that's in your mouth and it's like expanding foam and comes, you know, you feel like it's going to come out your fucking nose. No. Okay. (laughs) I'm just disgusting. Uh, Oh, because my mouth is so pasty because I refuse to drink any water. Oh, that probably doesn't help. Yeah. All right. I'm gross. Dry mouth. (laughs) Dry mouth, bee butts. That's what they call her. (laughs) Old dry mouth. Old dry mouth. Old dry mouth. (laughs) Old dry mouth butts is at it again. (laughs) Look at that fizzing down the street. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, woof. Sarah asks, how did you get so rad and full of consciousness? Oh, she's very sweet. Um, so it pains me that I'm pretty sure the only answer is like trauma. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) All right. Next person, uh, whose name I didn't write down says there's a lots of chip talk, but what about the dips? (laughs) And I think that is a very fair question. And I think we should do that in a bracket battle. Yeah. Agree. Agree. Yeah. Best dip ever. Yeah. I am like. I think something I didn't articulate in the chip episode, uh, when I said that I thought barbecue chips were versatile, I was kind of thinking of, like, all the different dips you can dip them into, and it still works. Okay. Um, Just, like, off top of your head, what dip are you vibing on at the moment? Oh, God, there are so many good dips! I am a big fan of French onion dip. I have made it before. I I do tend to buy it. Yeah, of course. Um... I have made it once before and it was really good. I don't know if it's Yumi's or not. You know, the dip that's like chopped up but chunky olive with like this creamy tapenade? sauce. Olive tapenade? No, not olive. It's like a creamy white sauce that it's oh. in. Yeah, it's different to tapenade. Like tapenade certainly is the olive dip, but it's it's like blitzed up olive. Okay. It's very small, but this boy is chunky. Ah, all right. That's your fave. Well, we will... We, I think we should... Go down the rabbit hole with this one later on. Yeah, absolutely agree. Okay. So Mem asks, why does Brinal Butts prioritise Facebook as her main social media when it's bad? <laughs> and to that I say, good question! Uh, because that's where I am already. And I, I, I said it before, I don't want to learn new things. And where were we the other day when I was... Oh, she, she was there. Yeah. And I was saying, I don't like the stories on Facebook because it's so much pressure. Like if, if I'm friends with somebody on Facebook and they see that I viewed their story, like I love them, but they should know that that was an accident. I hate Facebook because stories. Because I do not view stories because it's so much pressure. And the person Why is knows it pressure? That, because the person knows that I looked and then oh? like, I, I don't want to, I like the thing that I like mm. about social media is being able to communicate with people asynchronously because 
I'm a wreck. <laughs> I need <laughs> time yeah. to figure out how I'm going to respond to people in a way that's nice and not panicked. I don't think people care as much as you think they do. Oh, of course not. <laughs> of course they don't because, like, my whole perceptual bias is that everything's on fire all the time. Yes. Which I'm mostly on top of. I think I'm feeling it a little bit today. But that's a Facebook thing. What about other social medias? Oh, so, and no, this is me saying, you know, I'm freaked out by here's how I feel about stories mm. on Facebook. So the question that I was posing at dinner was what is the set of norms uh. around? So I feel like I'm so deeply embedded in Facebook at this time that yeah. I actually feel very competent around the norms of communicating mm. on Facebook. It feels familiar. It feels safe. And so in as much as other platforms are quite unfamiliar and I don't know the norms. I'll teach you. I don't want to. It's like I want to avoid dealing with the period of uncertainty at the front end of familiarizing myself with a different platform. Um, I feel like that is my attitude to so many things in my life that I'm scared of doing wrong and so I don't do it at all. Yeah. And then you miss out on so much. So No, I don't because I'm I love you how my to use Facebook. Instagram. Oh my god. I'm gonna teach you how ah. to use Instagram. And then you can just choose to ignore it. But I'll show you all the ins and outs and you can always ask me what I think the norms are. Fuck. Alright. Another friend, um <laughs> You look so upset about it. I am. <laughs> Shauna kept on trying to get me to join Instagram and she said I would kill it. You'd have a good time. But it's I a don't want to have a good time. I wanna stay at home. <laughs> All right. Well, all right. There's your answer. Um, this is the first one. Um, do you know anything about the misscribe scandal from the Harry Potter fandom? This is Elle and my favorite fandom slash extremely online thing to relive every few years. Have you heard of that? No. No, neither of us. No part at all. But sorry about it. That sure does sound like the kind of thing that we would want to look into and talk about. So it sounds I like a request. Let's might, treat it like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. We right. might add that to the list of things to do okay, in future. Awesome. Cool. What are your favorite online e quizzes to do? Do you know your Enneagram numbers, Myers Briggs types, Hogwarts houses, star signs, etc.? Okay, so actually my favourite thing to do is, like, do you remember when you had, like, the Instagram account that was, like, what cup are you? <laughs> I just love that kind of dumb shit. But yep. I will say that I do I do love astrology. I'm a member of a Facebook group called Queers of the Zodiac. <laughs> I am not an astrology person. I do know what my star sign is, though. Yeah. I am a Taurus. That is my... <laughs> are there different types of star signs like your oh are you saying so number one for me it's meaningful that you're a taurus yeah. in as much as i'm a capricorn and so we're both earth signs okay and also i have like a fuck ton of exes who are taurus mm. um and i also have <laughs> um lots of people that i date and have crushes on who are virgos who are also earth signs so i just like to hang out in my corner of the chart apparently of the earth yeah um <laughs> But I do often tend to be friends with Pisces and Gemini as well. So I, I notice some threads come through. It could be pattern recognition. I don't care because it's fun and I like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think you're a pretty Taurus Taurus. Am I? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Stubborn? Um, stubborn and, you know, enjoying... Um, Real horny? 
<laughs> yeah, not not so much like luxury, but like um, like sensual things. Yeah. Okay. So like when I think Taurus, I think like eating something delicious and smoking a joint wrapped up in velvet. I'm a hedonist. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> So Taurus are always great to hang out with. <laughs> and Tauruses love fucking. <laughs> oh, there's this post. There's this post and it's from um, Tumblr or something. But mm. we were talking about this today, you know, like um, text posts that just haunt you. Yeah. And the one that I always remember is um, Taurus season is pussy eating season. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Uh, what about your Hogwarts house? Uh, I'm obviously Slytherin. <laughs> and I am a Hufflepuff. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think that would surprise anyone. Um, so I was saying that my parents used to buy me booze in high school and I could have, like, little high school partners stay over. So my version Ooh, of... Naughty. Yeah. Um, my version of Teenage Rebellion was not reading Harry Potter. Right. And I didn't read it because I was a little bit older, but also everyone was talking about it so much that I wanted nothing to do with it. I get really suspicious of stuff that people like because people are idiots, so I did the same kind of thing. (laughs) It's also why I never read Twilight. Like, when people tell me to do something too many times, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, if too many people say it, yeah, nah. If it's, like, some weirdo off the side who's says that you should read a particular thing and nobody else has said it, I'm like... Might actually do I it. I trust that person's yeah, judgment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The same. We both have terrible instincts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about your Myers-Briggs? Do I'm you... pretty sure I'm ENFP. I am also ENFP. Yeah, cool. Uh, I also... Um, I was saying to you earlier, e- Myers-Briggs, I only just found out... Like, I... When it was first presented to me, yeah. it was presented like it was some kind of scientific I remember people doing it in, like, test. workshops all the time, maybe in high school and yeah. uni and shit like that. Like, it was presented to me at a workplace once where we all had to do it as part of our, like, work and they wanted to know what our personality types were. I can see how just any framework like that is decent enough as a starting point for people to engage in some reflection and to have a way to have discussions about how are people different? Yeah. What am I like? What but do I should, need? absolutely not be used in a workplace as a way of judging your employees. Oh, yeah. It's total bullshit. It's It's, it's completely unscientific. It's astrology for people who don't have the balls to just like astrology. Yeah. And uh, I also found out recently that the Myers and the Briggs, whoever they are, were eugenicists. Oh. Yeah, so we don't really... I feel right for not liking it now. It was just... You were right all along. I think it... It's like it wants to adopt this uh, sense or the aesthetic of being a bit clinical mm. when it's not. Yeah. It's just like, who gives a shit? Um, and so I was saying how I always preferred the OK Cupid quiz. Yes, I remember this. So there was this dating persona quiz that used yeah. to be on OK Cupid, and I remember loving it as well. I can't find it these days. But it, it, it was the same kind of structure in that it was multiple types based on, you know, there's the E and FP. It's yeah. like the four different things and you're differentiating along those lines. So with the OkCupid test, it was, I think I was deliberate, gentle, love, master. Okay. And so it was deliberate versus random, gentle versus brutal, love versus sex, 
master versus dreamer. Yeah. And I think there was a particularly horny year where I redid the quiz and I got Genghis cunt. <laughs> but usually, yeah, I would get, I think it was called The Bridesmaid. I remember the first time I did it. I'm sure I've redone it and gotten different results over the years because I really did like that quiz and I yeah. used to make other people do it. Yeah. Um, especially people I was romantically interested in. <laughs> um, I think the first time I did it, I was definitely in a very slutty phase of my life and I got the PlayStation. Nice. <laughs> I think... I remember that or I may have got it at one point. <laughs> there was a there was a page you could navigate through to on OkCupid okay where it would give you all of them. Yeah. Which I thought was really cute. Yeah, so then you could cuz you it would also tell you like what other Who types you were, good you were to most be compatible with. with. So then you had to oh. go and look up them. Yeah. And actually I remember that one of because they broke it up by gender as well. Yeah. Um and one of the male ones was called the back rubber. Oh, God. And it really stuck with me because I think I've met a number of men that are like this. You know, like the guy who's maybe fuck-zoned you and is, like, hanging around next to the table to wait for a crumb of pussy to fall off. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. So I still call those dudes back, back rubbers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, And the other one they suggested was Enneagram. Enneagram, Yeah. So I only found out about this this year because a therapist that I went to is into this and actually her interest in the Enneagram is how she got into being a psychologist. She used to do um, oh. commercial real estate for years and ran her own business and was highly successful, I'm assuming, based on how beautiful her house is. <laughs> um, and so she did Enneagram as part of like me engaging with her. So I just did the test. I've done it before. Yeah. But... I did it again because I couldn't remember what I was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I got a seven. Yeah. So what's about what's seven about? The entertaining optimist. Oh, yeah? Um, over here it says the enthusiast. Sevens want to have as much fun and adventure as possible and are easily bored. Nice. Uh, so I'm five, the observer. And it says fives are motivated by the need to know and understand everything and to be self-sufficient and to avoid looking foolish. And so then it says fives at their best are analytical, persevering, sensitive, wise, objective, perceptive, self-contained. Yeah, whatever. Fives at their worst are intellectually arrogant, stingy, stubborn, distant, critical of others, unassertive and negative. So definitely sounds like me. Yeah. Slytherin. <laughs> Fives are Slytherin. Um, my this thing here has core fear being deprived, core desire being happy. Oh, interesting. My core if... weakness is gluttony. Oh, yum. And my core longing is to be taken care of. Oh, that's very Taurus of you. Mm. Fives at their best in a relationship are kind, perceptive, open-minded, self-sufficient, and trustworthy. Fives at their worst in a relationship are contentious, suspicious, withdrawn, and negative. They are on their guard against being engulfed. Okay, next question. Yeah. What online scandals do you remember being extremely online for? For example, played out as you updated your Twitter timeline. I have an answer if you want to think. I think some of, for me, has been, like, different women kind of falling apart. Oh, actually... The thing that I was most obsessed with was Courtney Stoddard. Oh, 
Was she the one who married the much, much older man and she was like a teenager? Yeah, the guy who was in the Green Mile and she got like parental consent to marry him and then they did a bunch of interviews and there's like one where somebody that I watched it with later was like, she's coked up. Oh, yeah. Because she's making all these sexy faces. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of weird to watch. What happened to her? Um, they're still friends. I don't think they're together. She did some music. She's older and I think a bit more level and is quite, it's interesting to watch interviews with her now about back to there. Mm. Yeah. I definitely check in on Courtney Stoddard like at least once a year. Uh, mine was, I happened to be online on Twitter. Oh, that's a few, but Fire Festival was one. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like, a lot of the first information that was coming out about the conditions that they were arriving to on the island, they were tweeting. Yeah. Um, So we saw that picture of the, like, uh, The picture of the sandwich. With a little bit of cheese on it or whatever. Oh, my God. And I remember I was glued to Twitter at the time, like, finding more and more of them because the schadenfreude was magnificent. What was the quote? Like, let's just do it and be legends. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And now, like, is he in prison? Yeah, yeah, he's definitely in prison. Oh, my God. I hope Ja Rule's okay. Just kidding. He has also tried to do something dodgy since again as well. Oh, do you remember how the guy who did Fire Festival when he was on bail or something ran another scam? Yeah, yeah, he did some credit card fraud. Or like, oh no, he was trying to sell music concert tickets or something. For events that he didn't have tickets to or something. Yep, yep. Yeah. absolutely incorrigible. When people talk about there being like a really fine line between like tax effectiveness and tax evasion. So mm. sometimes I think about how there's a really fine line between, or maybe, the, I don't fucking know. Maybe there's a fine line between being an absolute fucking con man and being entrepreneurial like i'm so sus on people who are like i'm an i'm an entrepreneur i think they are are all con men personally i think (laughs) you don't become a very super successful business person generally i'm sure there are exceptions without exploiting other people interesting yeah um the guy there was two fire festival docos yes that came out afterwards and in one of them they interviewed this guy who i can't remember what his role was whether he was the marketing guy but he was heavily involved are we talking about the older guy with the water yes and how he said <laughs> he, he he almost had to suck someone's dick to get the water well, he thought that was what he was gonna have to do and yeah. he was ready to do it and he was like all right i guess i'm gonna have to do it um that guy came here for a music like uh Oh, Big Sound. He was here for Big Sound oh and he gave God. a talk during Big Sound. And so I managed to go and see oh. it. And um, he, he talked about it as part of the thing. It was great. <laughs> oh, my word. He was uh, he was very charming. He was entertaining. He, he seemed like a good person, he maybe. Seems, that's the way he seemed, I picked yeah. it. Like he was trying to be supportive and do the right thing oh. and then he was just in over his head. Yeah, Like the other bro at the centre of it all seemed like a total douche canoe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I would have chilled with the water dick-sucking guy. (laughs) My test is always, do I feel like I would have a nice time hanging out with this person? I would hang out with the dick-sucking guy. Yeah. I would hang out with Paul Rudd. Oh, yeah, definitely. I would love to hang out with Jeff Bridges. Oh, me too. I want him to be, like, my uncle or something. Do you have any, like, celebrities that you think of as, like, your other grandparents or your other uncles? Oh, I have a lot of, like, uncle Mm -hmm. leanings in celebs. And, look, I'm absolutely alive to the problematic nature 
of this person and I'm really just trying to be frank and authentic here. I have uncle feelings for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm really sorry about it, but that's just I how know it is. a lot of people do. But I've read too much about his uh relationships with women. Uh well, <laughs> what a don't answer this question, but what are your uncle's relationships with women? Like? Um, well, I have one uncle and he's dead. <laughs> oh, okay. Well. <laughs> no, that's not true. I have other uncles on the other side of the family. Yeah. I have heaps of uncles. I have a million uncles and a trillion cousins. I'm not going to say too much about any of my uncles. <laughs> Forget celebrities. The guy who did the inspection on the house yeah. that I just moved into. I want that bro to be my uncle. Oh, yeah. That guy definitely seemed like he'd be a perfect uncle. I cared so much about what he thought. <laughs> and he cared that you were getting a place that wasn't going to fall down. Oh, thanks, Damien. <laughs> um, all right. Any other scandals that you remember being sort of watching unfold? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Barnaby Joyce. Oh, with the, the affair? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, it's like... So Barnaby Joyce is an Australian politician, if you happen to not be Australian. <laughs> I'm very surprised you've made it this far into our podcast. Uh, but he's an Australian politician who was having an affair with a staffer. I think I might have got some Facebook memories about that whole thing recently. Oh, that's right. And then she was pregnant. Pargent. Pregnant. Pregnant. Um, when... The thing where he was really upset saying that if he was really upset about the rule that they made that you couldn't employ like your partner. And he was basically saying, making these statements saying that if he'd been allowed to employ his wife, he wouldn't have cheated on her. I'm like, <laughs> are you serious? But my favorite thing ever, I don't know if it's, is it possible to just have like a favorite picture from the internet? Yeah. But the picture. Of Barnaby looking at Vicky Campion's legs. Oh, yeah. I love it. It's, like, so disgusting. It's so sleazy. It honestly, there's just something about this whole scenario. Not, I'm not saying I want to fuck Barnaby. I'm not saying I'm into it. Mm. But there's something about how gross this picture is yeah. that makes my dick move. <laughs> oh, God, I also, like, Vicky just looks impeccable. Oh, she looks amazing. And she's got amazing legs. And her arms. And I love the outfit. <laughs> and I think she knows. She There's a little bit of, like, posing to her posture in the photo. Mm. Of course, the photo could have been a millisecond of time and she may have looked a lot less posed a millisecond later. But right in that picture, it just feels like she knows she's being observed. Maybe she knows that he's looking and they've already got a thing on and I'm actually perceiving like this disgusting sexual chemistry, which is exactly the kind of thing I'm into. Blech, blech, blech. He is such a gross man. I'm just going to screen cap that so I can send it to you later for show notes. Oh, yeah. Gentle listener, you need to see this shit if you haven't. Um, please, message the show if the photo makes your dick move. <laughs> <laughs> My skin is crawling. <laughs> I need to think about this one. If you could have three superpowers, what would they be and why? And what would you do first with them? She says, fuck just one, three Three. Three. How good would it be to just be able to port wherever the fuck you wanted? <laughs> no, I'm at work. Teleportation would be amazing. Yeah. So I'm going to get some of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just remembering there's a movie that I really like. Um, 
Freaknik. I don't think I know it. It's an animated feature. Um, it's like if Jesus is a ghost that's also a rapper. Oh, God, this sounds so bad. No, it's so good. Okay. And there's a bit where they're on TV and there's a competition or something and the prize that you win is a lifetime supply of money, clothes, and hose. Wow. Yeah. That's, you want that to be your superpower? Um, you want a lifetime supply of money, clothes, and hose? I want a lifetime supply of money and clothes. I think sex is hot when people want to have it with you. Yeah. So it'd have to be consensual hose. Yeah. So I don't want to like wish. Mm, yeah. For hose. Okay. You know, because that removes a level of consent. Yeah, because I want to respect other people's autonomy. Mm-hmm. So such that they get to enthusi- enthusiastically opt into fucking me. Okay. Because that's hot. Because I'm so self-involved that I'm really into like people being into me. I haven't picked that up. <laughs> um, I, I th- think mine... I think I'm an emotional vampire. <laughs> I think mine are teleportation. Yeah. Shapeshifting? Give me Shapeshifting. Some, give me some Alex Mack type, like, ability to turn into Just a give puddle. me Alex Mack's collection of hats. <laughs> mm. Like the Jake the Dog. From Adventure Time. I love Jake the dog. Uh, but I could shapeshift like he can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I would honestly actually love... Infinite money cheat. Infinite money <laughs> cheat. I would love to be incredibly intuitive, but n- maybe not like quite just hearing everybody's thoughts because that would be dumb mm. and boring. That would be overwhelming too. Yes. Was there a TV show where they all lived under the sea and there was a chick who could hear everybody's thoughts and when she went to the surface and could hear everybody's thoughts, it was, like, really overwhelming? Probably. And there was, like, a dolphin in the show? Ocean Girl? No. Sequest DSV? Dunno. (laughs) There are so many shows with dolphins. Flipper. (laughs) It was Flipper. (laughs) What's the next question? Uh, Okay. (laughs) Is there a future bracket battle that you know you will actually battle over? We haven't pre-planned anything. We're not that organised. Were we saying this the other day? Like, have we ever had a fight? Uh, not yet, I don't think. I think the problem is that sometimes I do a thing or say a thing mm. and you're like, uh, that's not cool. But you're right and I agree with you. Yeah, we don't actually fight about it. Yeah. I'm just right. Yeah. <laughs> the end uh no we haven't like pre-planned enough to actually be able to say that no um is there anything that we already know we like fundamentally disagree about astrology (laughs) bracket battle what's your favorite star sign (laughs) none of them uh what about your own i don't like me that much you don't like oh (laughs) no taurus is great how about who is the tim and who is the eric I am the Eric. No, I think you're the Tim. You think I'm the Tim? Isn't... Wait, Tim, Heidecker and Eric. <laughs> yeah. No, Eric's the big dumb goof. Yeah. That's me. No, he's like... See, I think I'm the, the like, goof and you're the more pointed one. No, you're true north. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess we're not going to agree on that one. I think we both think we're Eric. Uh, I think... I can see 
how sometimes I would give off a Tim vibe. Uh-huh. Sometimes I get the impression that he might not be very nice. <laughs> I think he's very funny. I think he's very talented. Uh-huh. Yep. But I go like, I don't think that I would want to hang out with him. I would be scared that he would like perceive me too much and it would make me feel bad. I could see that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've seen some stuff where he was kind of being more uh, out of character. Okay. And he seemed quite nice. But who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I'm scared of Tim Heidecker. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a great question, though. That is a very good question. Yeah, good. Um, all right, so this person, the but the, what celebrity do you think you could beat up? I think I could beat up Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I reckon he'd be wily. I just want to hear him crying out. <laughs> Andy Dick. <laughs> Andy Dick. Andy Dick. Andy Dick. I re- definitely think I could beat up Andy Dick. Yeah, I reckon you could beat up Andy Dick. Fuck that guy. All right. Uh, Deadland asks, how did you two meet... And did you like each other straight away? I think we liked each other before we met. We did. Yeah. Because I'd seen you online. So I dated a guy in high school who was friends with a guy who was friends with your brother. Yes. And then because of that connection, I had seen your activity online. Yeah. And we had interacted, like even though we were a few steps apart from each other. Maybe, like, we commented in the same threads or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then... So I, th- I knew who you were. Yeah. And then I think I added you on Facebook. You added me. Yeah. Because I still have... I think I maybe subscribed to your Patreon or mm. something or bought some merch or something, and I still have a postcard on my fridge that some of your stuff... Oh, Yeah. And I'm pretty sure on the back you said something about, like, uh, like best Facebook friend ad ever yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. I just messaged you and I'm like, I feel like if we'd already met, we would be friends. So I'm just going to do it. I don't remember the message. I yeah. just remember the friend request and being like, fuck yeah. Done. Smash. I wouldn't do that anymore. Like, I, I don't do a lot of that anymore. Yeah. But I, there was a period in time where I was doing a bit of that if I saw people who were commenting on other people's threads and we seem to and I, I thought that we thought about things in the same way mm-hmm. or had like a similar sensibility I really wanted to engage with those people yeah I feel like there was a time when I was I maybe it was more acceptable at face on Facebook at the time to be adding strangers if you had some kind of mutual connection I still have a decent number of people who add me Oh, I don't. I think it's because of the way that I do Facebook. Okay. So I think other people might be suggesting to them that they should add me. That's fair enough. Which is necessary for them to get at my content because I don't post publicly. Yeah. I knew you were the future podcast host for me. (laughs) How many years ago was that? It wasn't that long ago, right? It was like two or three years. Yeah, probably. It wasn't that long. I think it was after I moved back to town. Hacklock here in post. I looked this up and actually it was 2016, towards the end of 2016. So uh, we were wrong and time is fake. We are still in our friendship honeymoon period. We haven't had a fight yet and it's only been a few years. When I think back through my history of like romantic and friend relationships... There's plenty of people where 
we just never fight. Yeah. And then some people, it's just nothing but fights. Just really regular fights. That seems like a lot of work. It takes a lot out of me. I don't like fighting and I don't think that you have to yeah no you don't so I can Mm. remember dating somebody and we were fighting all the time and I was just like is it normal for you in a relationship to fight with the other person this much and they were like yeah absolutely and I was like oh my god (laughs) okay so number one thank god it's not me Mm. but number two like I can't live like this yeah yeah uh, you know, different different folks that works really well for. I understand that p- different people have different ways of relating. Yeah. But it's like... Not me. I don't... It's just a bit too much for me. Yeah. I think that it's not that... It's perhaps judgmental of me. I don't think it's that hard. or Or I don't have that much trouble, I think, trying to just take all of the heat out of the thing that I need to work on with the other person Mm. for us to move through the problem. Yeah. Yes. I get sort of disagreements with people and have really intense discussions with them, but uh, I feel like you can still talk about those things and, and have time to calm down and cool down and like take, yeah, take it slow so that you aren't actually fighting. If I'm feeling really heady, I know that that's not the time yeah. to work on the thing because there's a risk that I'll end up saying something really dumb yeah. that hurts somebody that I care about. And that you don't, like, you haven't really thought it through enough. Um, it might not be something that you genuinely mean. Yeah, if it I can manage it. might be a I... poor explanation of what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah I, I'm the same. I, I don't like sort of being pressured in the moment to yeah yes yeah i need some good time think cool down talk about things when you're not screaming at each other i think i really value like speaking with integrity so it's like i want i really want to be able to stand by the things that i say yeah and i know that if i speak in anger i'm not going to say things that i want to stand by later that's like my experience of myself and that means that i don't want to i don't want to drive mad yeah I also find, like, when, because I don't handle conflict very well, when I am fighting with someone, I find it very hard to uh, express what I'm trying to say because my emotion, because I'm really pent up and I'm probably feel like I'm going to cry or whatever, I can't. I can't articulate what I am trying to say in the argument. So then I get really frustrated and I get more upset and it doesn't help the situation. I can totally do like the white woman's tears kind of thing where if I get too elevated, then I'm losing it and then I'm crying and I'm upset and I want to pivot the situation to being all about managing my feelings and me being comforted. Which is bad. Yeah. And if I might have actually done something shitty that needs to be addressed. Mm. And so it's like if I want to do a good job yep. of, like, owning up to my shit and working on the stuff in the relationship, then having the discussion when I'm elevated is not going to get me to that place. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because then also if I do start crying, then I am frustrated with myself for crying and that I feel like I am I'm might be pulling focus and yeah, yeah it's bad yeah so it's it's not a good way to communicate for mm-hmm. me anyway so an answer to the question yes we like um, 
that got really off track. Yeah, all right. Uh, okay. Are you guys considering any stories that you'd have to investigate yourself in meat space? Uh, yes. Barn me. Yes. Yes, we're going to do our barn me bracket battle in the real world. In the field. Yeah. Field recording. Quality of the audio will go right down. <laughs> we'll be recording in my car or something. Yeah, it's going to be rough. But we're going to give it a go. See what happens. Yeah, man. We'll get to eat some bun me. Well, yeah. Be an intense investigation. <laughs> okay. Spencer asks, if you had no choice but to murder one of the Animal Crossing characters, who would it be? And I know you haven't played it, so no. you don't have an answer for that. But I do. Harry. Fuck <laughs> Harry. I would like to kill Harry. He is so annoying. And he's got, like, he's, like, a hippo-looking character. Yeah. He's um, got this, like, weird, ugly facial hair that isn't really drawn very well. So he just looks icky, and he wears, like, a camo print shirt. I hate him. No pants, and I hate him. Do you want to see a picture? Yes. Actually, I'll show you on my phone. Fuck Harry. And uh, I know a lot of people hate the guy called Barold. (laughs) But I love Barold. His name is Barold, and he wears like a like a stripy. Is it Barold like Harold? Harold with a B. Oh my fuck me! It's such a good name. <laughs> it's like Barry and Harold. Yeah, yeah. I I love <sighs> Barold. No problems with him. But Harry can suck a dick and die. <laughs> I hate him. I think I've seen him at gigs. <laughs> Look at him there. Look at him with his stupid smirky blur. Is it really bad that when I looked at him, like my first thought was, I don't want to fuck that guy. <laughs> the question wasn't, would we fuck the Animal Crossing character? I know, I know, I know. But that was like my spontaneous, authentic <laughs> he reaction. He does seem like a creep. To this dude. He's, he's, he's gross. I hate him. Uh, and I'll show you Barrel. I know who I think he is, IRL. <laughs> I chill with that guy. Barreled rules. <laughs> he's got a healthy appreciation for like zebra print. He does, and he's got big glasses. Yeah, I think he creeps people out because he's got like quite an intense stare. But yeah, I don't mind. He rules. I've got a friend who has a theory that you can tell if people are queer or not based on how close their eyes are together. <laughs> Like, if they're closer together, they are queer, or further apart? I think further apart equals queer. Interesting. Um, And next question is, (laughs) as white people, do you actually wash your legs slash butts slash feet? Have you been following this discussion online? Yeah, I have. Do you wash them? I thought it was interesting. Uh, I wash the fuck out of my butt. Number one. <laughs> gotta get that fuck out of there. Oh. <laughs> She's gotta be ready to go anytime. <laughs> what about your legs and your feet? Like, do you actually wash them or are you one of those people who thinks, oh, the water's just gonna drip down there? Uh, water drip down, vis a vis leg. Mm. Um, but I do have a bit of a thing about my feet. Mm. And especially in summer, I have this sense that my feet are. Dirty and dry and dusty. And so some, when it's time for bed, sometimes I really need to, independent of the shower, 
get back into the shower and wash the feet. Oh, wow. I don't think I ever do that. But I do wash my legs and my feet and my butt consciously. Um, Is it because of the online thing? No. I think when I was a bit younger, I didn't wash my legs, but I was shaving them. So there was a bit of washing involved in the shaving process. Yeah. I only do that like... I don't really Before shave. a date. I don't really shave my legs anymore. <laughs> so I'm more conscious of the fact that they're not getting that washing and exfoliating that yeah. goes on yeah. in the shaving process. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I do consciously wash them because I think that all my little hairs could be picking up stuff. I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I, pro- I probably shave my legs like once, if not twice a week, depending on how many dates I'm going on. I'm a... I'm a gross feminist who has hairy legs. Ew. I'm a feminist who's shaving their legs. Because <laughs> I'm allowed. It doesn't matter. It has absolutely nothing to do with feminism. With I'm allowed to chow down on as much internalised misogyny as I want. It has everything to do with how lazy I am and how much <laughs> I don't actually care if my legs are hairy or not. I really like it when people say stuff like, um, I don't shave and I actually like that it works as a filter to filter out people who are dicks. I found that that is the case. And when I started to very much not shave body hair, um, that there were people who, when they realised that was the case, revealed themselves to be pretty gross people. Well, this is it, because, I mean, like, part of my thing is that I want to respect other people's, like, sovereignty Mm. over their bodies and shit. I, I have, like no preferences in terms of what other people choose to do in terms of their body hair just as a for instance i actually i dated a guy who like shaved his armpits oh it's like into (laughs) Into it it. yeah yeah uh but i like a i like a hairy armpit too yeah they're fun too like bodies 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 just bring them at me come at me yeah it's a wonderful wide varied world and they're all good bodies are wild all bodies are good bodies, except for Harry's. Bodies happen to everyone. That's <laughs> uh, okay. Final question from Spencer was, okay. what has been the one purchase you've made that has helped you through the COVID stay at home period? I bought a coffee machine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I got a, I got a, um, an AeroPress. Mm. Actually, the thing that helped me the most was getting uh, Animal Crossing on the Nintendo Switch. Um... <laughs> Did I tell you that in the move, mm. I broke my pasta machine? No. The pasta machine came out of a box and it was broken. And and uh, look, I, I want to be sincere and upfront here. When I say I broke my pasta machine, what I mean to say is I broke the pasta machine that Amanda left at <laughs> my house when she moved out. That your old roommate left. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> These people don't know who Amanda is. We need to explain these things. I feel like the context is implied. Okay. She moved out of the house. She left her pasta machine behind. Could have been your ex-partner? She's my current partner. <laughs> <laughs> She's your life partner. She doesn't say anything, but I say that we're queer platonic. <laughs> I say that and then she doesn't say anything. So uh, can you non-con somebody into a queer platonic relationship? I'm sure there's fan fiction about it. I don't know. I put her down as my emergency contact all the time. Fair enough. Yeah, actually, the thing that helped me most uh, was I paid off a Nintendo Switch. It took me a long time so that I would have it in time to get Animal Crossing because I was very excited about the new Animal Crossing because I'm a big nerd. 
Um, and it legitimately really helped me through when I was in total lockdown. Um, it was a lovely distraction and it's just so, I don't know. It was, it was also good that, um, you could play it with friends. Like you could go to your friends islands and stuff. And so it was like a bit of socializing that happened in the game. Like I, yeah, that really helped. Yeah. But also getting a coffee machine later on was good too, because I couldn't go to the cafe anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I think there was probably, it didn't take too long for us to be able to get takeaway coffee again, right? Yeah. I just didn't go though. Like it was only a couple of blocks away, but I just, I I think I didn't want to. I really valued being somebody who was able to have coffee. Yeah. Come around. To have that part of my day still. Yeah, that that kind of uh, routine. And, like, dairy and sugar are some of my favourite things, so... <laughs> Even more than butter? Um, I mean, that's dairy. Dairy. Yeah. Yeah. Next question. Yeah. Amanda asks, would you rather live without heaters or without air cons? Um, I could probably get by without air con. But I don't think I would be able to get by without heating. I'm, I, I'm cold blooded. Oh, it's such obviously. a hard question. Because I feel like if it is super cold, like if I was in a super cold climate, you can die. We're talking about here. We're talking about in Queensland. In Queensland, I need an air conditioner. Because I feel like I can. No, you just you kick it like you did when you were a kid. You just go to the shopping centre in summer all day. What about in the night time? You take four showers and well, you have the ceiling fan on. That's what I used to do and it meant that I didn't get a full night's sleep. Yeah, I, re- I remember this particular summer where there was like maybe a week where I was waking up and taking a cold shower like maybe four times across the night, mm-hmm. not drying off, yep. getting into the bed under the fan. Letting the evaporation yeah. cool you down. Yeah. And I've done that thing before. You put like a ice cream container of water in the freezer and then set it down in front of the fan so that oh the, my God. you get a bit of evaporative cooling going on. Have you ever on? done the thing where you get the fan, maybe like the little louver fan, the little box fan, mm-hmm. and then you put it next to the bed and you're under the sheet and you just like hook the sheet over <laughs> and so you're in this like fan chamber? <laughs> Can't say I ever have, except maybe when I was a little kid. Yeah, like me too. <laughs> We went through a period of time, um, <laughs> maybe only in 2013, where we did a lot of um, blanket forts. Yeah. That was really nice. Blanket forts rule. What? I feel like I can always warm myself up with more layers, but I, I can't cool a... myself. There's only so many layers of clothing I can take off. I have a lot of trouble getting warm on my own. I think I overheat really easily. I'm not, I'm not the heaty guy. Hmm. All right. Opposite answers. Yeah. Guess we agree to disagree. So our final question is more of an agony aunt question. Amazing. Love it. Which you were calling for a while ago. Yeah. And we we now have one. It's where I live and die, giving advice. So, are you ready for this? I am. Dearest moles, oh. give me your wisdom. Okay. My story begins Halloween 2016 when I accidentally go on a date with a man I was hen- I will henceforth be calling the shaman. <laughs> to protect his identity, 
but to acknowledge that he did self-identify as a shaman. I have an arts degree majoring in comparative religions, so I was interested when he identified as such and began asking him questions about his religion. He had some, shall we say, interesting beliefs. He believed that reptilian aliens were corrupting human genetic code. Is this just like straight up David Icke stuff? I don't know. But also had some quite xenophobic ideas about elite Jews puppeteering world leaders to create a new world order. Is this straight up just David Icke stuff? I don't know. I think that might be David Icke stuff. Okay. Um, I'm, I, not, I'm not sure. I'm not like a big David Icke, Icke guy. I have a tendency to press the bruise. Our mm. favourite term here. So I continued with the date, asking many questions, and eventually let him give me an exorcism in South Bay Highlands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god! Haven't we all been on that date? Oh, I haven't. <laughs> I also have a habit of getting shit-faced, so I was somewhat mortified the next day when I realised how much time I had spent being entertained by an anti-Semite. Oh, look. Fair enough. Flash forward to 2020, a close friend of a close friend of mine adds me to Facebook. I had met her at parties and she seemed nice enough, but it wasn't until she added me that I realised she was in a long-term relationship with the shaman. (coughs) My question is this, how should I interact with this friend of a friend? As far as I know, she doesn't hold the same beliefs, but I do have confirmation that he is still xenophobic. Part of me wants to get along with her just for the sake of getting along, and she has always been nice to me. But another part of me feels like dating a xenophobe is condoning or even enabling the spread of toxic beliefs. And by engaging with her, am I doing the same thing? Sincerely, confused cunt. Which is a great moniker. Love it. Um, I know that I have dated people who held views that I did not agree with. Mm. But I thought that they were good people at core. And I think that I thought that by being together, there would be an opportunity for me to... Educate them? Yeah, maybe exercise some positive influence um, and support that person in their development, which I think is a thing that you would be doing in any relationship that you enter into anyway. Yeah. Um, So, like, I... I understand the discomfort Mm. and I understand where the question is coming from. I don't think your ethical duties necessarily require that you remove yourself from any and all people who hold problematic views. And if anything, you might wish to, as much as is possible, maintain meaningful connections to some extent with people who have problematic views because part of it is about the obligation that we might have to help each other become better people. Yeah. So on that basis, I'm not sure that I think that the answer necessarily has to be you're not allowed to be friends with the girl who is dating the shaman. Yeah. Um, Okay. I'm not necessarily sure that it means that the girlfriend of the shaman is a bad person necessarily either. Or is responsible for the other person. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, and again, I respect and appreciate the discomfort, but if you're connecting with this 
you also don't know what's going down in the relationship either. So if you're connecting with this person who's dating this other problematic person, it does I think say it's fine for you to connect with them. That it is a long-term relationship. Well, what does that even mean? Oh, well, yeah, I guess I want you to find that as. But if it's someone who went into the relationship and has then learned about this other person's um, bigoted views and then continued in the relationship for a very long time, then it shows that, one, you haven't swayed those person's views. Um, so then are you by continuing to stay with them and them still maintaining those beliefs... I think a thing that's happening for me here and maybe a blind spot that I have is that if I'm judging the beliefs as, like, just absolutely fucking ridiculous, mm. I don't treat them as seriously. So, like, lizards, reptilians oh, yeah. are, like, depleting the genetic code, but also they're, like, Jews. Mm. I'm like, whatever. But if it was somebody who... If we were... You know, Just because someone is a little is, their beliefs are somewhat removed from what we perceive as reality doesn't mean their beliefs aren't actually real world harmful. So those beliefs and him acting within those beliefs is still going to hurt people. Yeah, it's not going to hurt lizard people because they don't exist, but it is going to hurt Jewish people. I'm Facebook friends with somebody who is long-term committed partner to somebody who I understand has actually really horrible views about um, Aboriginal people. And I know that she doesn't agree because she's asked me questions about how can I be more persuasive to try and support this person to mm. not be a dick. And I... <sighs> I don't think that my ethics require that I'm not friends with her because she remains with him. I'm conflicted in that because I feel, especially as white women, continuing to be people who have power. White women have a lot of power. Yeah. White people have a lot. Of, we are in yeah. the position of privilege and power. To be with someone who is exercising that power in a harmful way and for there not to be a consequence to that is condoning it. If you keep the relationship going, if they are coddled in those beliefs somewhat, they're but not losing their relationships because of it, they're not losing their family because of it. Yes, there is then also the possible circumstance that by further isolating those people, they become more entrenched in those that's, ideas. That's what I'm thinking, that if every so person who doesn't agree with that breaks up with him, mm. then he's going to eventually end up dating some other racist person who is not going to put any... Not going to challenge him in any way. I don't know. Maybe. Do, or actually, do you think that I, having a consequence to those beliefs might actually lead to them being examined in a way they haven't been? It depends on the consequence and the nature, uh, the nature of the situation where the consequence arises. Mm. So if you dump somebody because... If she dumps him because of those views, right, does he then just construct her as an enemy? Does that, like, I, I think that it absolutely does 
further entrench people. Like, um, do do you? I love asking people this question. Um, and you might not have an answer for me right now, but can you remember a thing that you changed your mind about? Yes. And can you remember how how it happened? It happened slowly. Yeah. And I think that is the the thing that we overlook with a lot of online arguments. Yeah. Like these things you slowly chip away at um, people's frame of reference, at their yeah. Yeah, understanding of, of the subject. And that over time that sort of sinks in and then you reevaluate and then you, yeah. So it doesn't happen straight away. So when I think about the ways like when I've been able to change my mind, mm-hmm to adopt a position that I think is a more constructive and a more ethical position in relation to an issue. Yep. It's happened slowly. It's happened privately and internally. Mm -hmm. Um, It's happened for me in ways that I felt like I maintained control over. It wasn't somebody in my face telling me a thing and then I went, oh, you're right, it's later after the conversation when I went away and had opportunity to reflect and process it more on my own. Yeah. And so a lot of the time when I've been able to change my mind, it's been in situations where there hasn't been an immediate threat of loss of face. Yeah. So sometimes I think about this when I'm working with people. Because a lot of the people forget all of the stuff about being persuasive as a lawyer when you're advocating to the other side or to like a third party decision maker. This isn't about convincing the judge for me and my work. A lot of the time it's me convincing my own client because of the nature of the work that I do and the nature of the client base that I work with. Mm. So I will routinely have these conversations with clients that are incredibly challenging and very robust where the client has a very fixed view of what the law is and what it means and what it should do. Yeah. And I don't share that view. And so we can have very contentious discussions and I follow them with a letter Mm. that the client can read in their own time. And I invite them to come back if they want because they don't change their mind on the phone with me. They change their mind away from the phone call. Okay. So. You're right when you say that it's complicated. It is complicated. And, of course, different things affect different people. Different things, uh, uh, like, help them change their minds. I have also had things where I've changed my mind where I've had an argument with someone and they they were right and I was wrong. Yeah. Um. Did you fess up straight away? I think it it was through the argument that I realised I was yeah. wrong. Like yeah, I had yeah. to have that argument and try and express what I was trying to say and understand what they were trying to say before I actually got to the point of understanding and then went, oh, I was wrong. How close were you in the relationship with the person? I was pretty close. Okay, cool. Interesting. Yeah. And so I think I trusted them perhaps because I knew them fairly well. I trusted them to... Uh, let me fumble a little bit while trying to work out what I was trying to say. But they also weren't going to let me off the hook. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which was good. Yeah. Because they were right and I was wrong. Um, 
But this person, if they're in a long-term relationship, and I'm thinking long-term is like many, many years, right? And this person is still xenophobic. Oh, yeah, we're old enough for that to be a thing now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Then they haven't convinced them over time. They haven't changed their views over time. That seems like that someone's pretty set in their ways and whatever means of changing their minds they've tried, it's not working. So one of the things that I'm thinking about is... Or maybe they're not trying very hard because they like the relationship, they like the person, and it's not actually a threat to them, it's a threat to other people because they're not Aboriginal. Well, I'm thinking about the Ju- <laughs> the reptilian <laughs> Jewish thing now. But that was something from the first date. We don't know that he still believes that. No, 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 no. The uh, confused cunt writes that um, he's still xenophobic. Yeah. So I think that you can remain Facebook friends with his girlfriend. I think that you can be at the same parties. And I think that by being Facebook friends and by being at the same parties, there's an opportunity for talking points to arise that could potentially have influence over Mm. I think also that might give you an opportunity to be like I will hang out with you but I will not hang out with your partner yeah totally so that there is then also a consequence for her yeah for continuing to be with someone with such harmful views yeah Mm. we don't know what her view is on no we don't the shaman or the shaman's views no maybe she has the same views in which case you know like head for the hills yeah so that's part of the fear that Confused Cunt has, is that this person remaining in a long-term relationship with someone who is xenophobic, is that is that mean that they are it condoning? It seems to or... be like a... I mean, like, like, there's obviously a difference between condoning and agreeing. So... Because it sounds like a concern of, like, this social contagion of condoning mm. this person's behaviour and their views and their speech. Um... This so is... I, d- I don't think the confused cunt thinks that the their Facebook friend, their friend of a friend. Mm. The girl. Yeah, like, and how many layers does it go on? This is um, the shaman is dating yep. this person who is a close friend of confused cunt's close friend. Yeah. So where do we, where's the line in the sand as well? So does confused cunt get to still be friends with their close friend? Yeah, I think surely. the answer is clearly yes. Yeah. But is the friend condoning the thing? You know? Yeah. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I yeah. do know what you're saying. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm, I'm not trying to get like, be pedantic or get into semantics yeah. on that point. But I think there is also a tendency of the left to move to the right to try to be empathetic to people who are not empathetic to others. So if I'm mean to him, I'm not going to change his views. Oh, I think you can be mean. No, no. Let th- this, yeah. I think, is like a thing, that a trap that people on the left can fall into, is that they think if I'm mean to him, I'm not going to change his views. So I'm going to try and win him over. But that person might not ever be giving an inch because they're very set in their views. And so you end up moving further 
you end up coddling the right. You end up coddling quite awful beliefs because you think you might win them over later. And in that meantime, those awful beliefs just get to keep going. And you might not actually change it. Like, I think we don't always have to coddle them. There should be consequences for being a hateful person. I had somebody delete me recently mm. um, because in the context of a Facebook fight when this person was being challenged or something, um, I specifically said that I stay friends with them because we don't agree about everything. Because I want to... Main, because I think that they're a good person yeah. at their core and I wanted to maintain opportunities to challenge their views. And as soon as I said that out loud, they deleted me. Interesting. Because I didn't want to be challenged. <sighs> they didn't want to be seen as a project. Yeah, and I th- I think that people are allowed to feel that way too. Like that person's allowed to feel that way. Um, But I also, like I knew that person in high school Mm. and I do think that they're a good person at the core. I think it's hard to say. They had some, they had some problematic views and it wasn't hardcore. It wasn't, it wasn't that they said that Jewish reptilians are like destroying human DNA. You keep saying Jewish reptilians. That you're you're equating two different beliefs there. Oh, this I'm, guy I'm had. being funny. Okay, all right, just checking. <laughs> I thought that you had confused the reptilian thing with the um, uh, Jewish puppetry, well, New World Order stuff. But is but the Jewish New if it's di- if it's David Icke stuff, as far as I can tell, that the David Icke thing is that. Aren't the Jews reptilians? I, I think there's two separate ideas. I thought it was the same. No, they think that reptilian aliens are corrupting humanity's genetic code. And okay, then I'm separately, gonna, I'm gonna Google this. that elite Jews are puppeteering world leaders, creating a new world order because of all the money uh, that they have. Elite Jews reptiles. I'm just Googling this. Make sure you do that incognito. <laughs> Second result, David Icke. Okay. The former footballer. <laughs> Occupation. Conspiracy theorist, former sports broadcaster, <laughs> and football player. Um, all right. Ohio State University College of Arts and Sciences, the psychology of extraordinary beliefs. The world is controlled by a group of elite reptiles, April 18, 2018. By Joy Pan. When you think of famous celebrities, politicians and leaders of the world, it's hard to believe that they are normal human beings like us. They seem to be bigger and better than the average person. But what if they weren't humans at all? What if they were actually 15 feet tall reptilian-like shapeshifters from outer space who came to Earth and took and slowly took over our governments and entertainment industry for the sole purpose of enslaving the human race? Yeah, what if? Let me just... Find in page Jewish commenter truth in allegories says reptile equals Jew. So that's someone else. So okay, I mean, there I'm, are people I'm, that I'm believe being facetious, that. but yeah, yeah, I think I, I think that that might be the core of the belief. All right, that that's the yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> what were you saying before I completely... Oh, I don't know. Uh, the, the, the reptiles and the Jewish people were separate people, and I'm not necessarily sure that everybody who's into this idea thinks that they are separate people. That's okay, fair enough. my thing. But somebody else who's paid more attention to what David Icke has to say about the world, um, feel free to message if you want to. <sighs> feel free to not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know if we've really given you an answer there, Confused Cunt. I... You think that Confused Cunt... I respect Confused Cunt's uh, concern about maintaining a distance. I would be a little concerned about getting closer yeah. in the relationships, but I think that you can probably remain friends on Facebook. I think you can probably go to the same parties. I think that engagement at that superficial level may provide some opportunities for you to um, exercise some positive influence because surely we have a duty to try and do that yeah. where we can. Yeah. And I guess if, it's true. It's better to try first rather yeah. than not engaging at all. Yeah, because if you just exclude from the get-go... There's definitely going to be no change of behaviour. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not as a consequence of anything you do. Yeah, I agree with I, that. I, I don't think. Okay. So that was our last question. Cool. I think. Yes. Yes, it was. We did it. Oh, my God. Do you remember when we said that we were going to do, like, an agony aunt thing? Yeah. But it would be called It's Complicated. There we go. It's complicated. It's complicated. It sure is complicated. So we've got to go through some reckies, hey? Yeah. I thought we could do some recommendations. And, like, I haven't put any kind of timeline on it. It doesn't have to be, like, super recent. It's very wholesome of you that you think anybody would care. I don't um, think anyone what, like, will care. That's like, the cynical care. part of me. I guess we're celebrities now. <laughs> we are not. We have, like, a fan base of three people. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Are they hot? I'm going to imagine they are. I'm trying to calculate how many people in our fan base I've already fucked. I don't want to know. <laughs> Recommendations. Yeah. I've given us a whole bunch of different topics. You don't have to necessarily have something for all of them. But I just thought... You're just we... trying to make it easy on me because you know that I hate everything all the time. Yes. Yeah. So I thought I'd give you some prompts. I can figure out some stuff that I like. All right. What about... Do you have any podcasts to recommend? Um, All Lawyers Are Bad... You've mentioned that one before, A-Lab. A-Lab. I think it's really cute and I like it. What's its kind of vibe? It's, so downsides are that it's all dudes, I suppose. Boo! Boo! Um, But it's... Is it all white dudes? No. Um, That's good. The guy who seems to be in charge of it is Muslim American. um, And there's somebody else in there who I think maybe has family from Cuba as well, like a Latino dude. Um, and so it's a couple of different dudes. They have a very cute chemistry and they talk about like legal stories kind of stuff. Like they did an episode about the Omegaverse and, um, they split up the little chapters by playing music and they routinely play like Australian punk music, like the chats and Amel and the Sniffers, which I think is super cute. Oh, yeah. The rules. Yeah. I didn't know an American audience was going to be getting exposed to that. I, I'm... I don't know who it is on the podcast who likes the Australian punk music, but I definitely appreciate. That's yeah. great. Yeah, it's very cute. Um, I have one. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I have a few. <laughs> um, I have other ones. All right. Well, let's take it in turns. Okay, you go. Okay. Um, one I've got is called The Dream. There's two seasons oh, of it. Oh, I love The Dream. The Dream is so good. It's um, so other good. lawyers that I was working with were really into The Dream as well. Oh, it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So uh, if you don't know I anything like about it. I like season one better. Yeah. There's two been two seasons. The first season focuses on uh, multi-level marketing schemes and... You know, they really, they try and start, get involved themselves. They investigate whether it is actually possible to make money in one. Um, Also, how they're able to exist within American law, despite them being like pyramid schemes and so on. It's really good. It's really interesting. Very interesting. Very grim. Highly recommend. Mm. Yeah. The second season is about the wellness industry. Still very interesting. Still very interesting. I enjoyed the season. Also a subject that I uh, loathe and watch from a distance and yeah. 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 Very, very interesting. So that's a good one. All right. What else Um, have you got? Oh, I listened to Escaping Nexium. Oh, yeah. Like, of course. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, it's terrible, the actual thing that they're talking about, but it's a really well-made podcast. But it's interesting as well because it's another MLM. Yeah. Yeah. MLM cult. Also like a kind of, like a, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like a personal improvement business course type thing, right? There's a bit of that around. Ew, 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 ew. I told you that I went to like, I was going to a gym you went to a gym? Yeah, I know. Right. I was going to a gym a little while back, and um, it seemed like some people tied up with that gym were into a particular personal development kind of thing. Yeah. And I can remember having, like, a chat to one of the trainers one day, and we were talking about some stuff, maybe, like, some life stuff or some philosophical stuff, and it seemed like we were kind of on the same page. And it was really nice. Mm. And he was like, this has been, like, a really nice conversation. Do you want- Maybe you want to get a coffee sometime. And I was like partnered in a monogamous relationship at the time and I understood that he was as well and I was only recently back in town so I was like oh yeah is like is this a friend date oh no. I was like yeah okay yeah that'd be great and so we made a time to like meet up on the weekend and then when I got there early and then when I saw him walking up he was carrying a clipboard oh no and I was like oh no Oh, no. But when we're talking about it... So he did try and rope you into the... Yeah, yeah. uh, He did sort of kind of. There was a bit where he's talking... poked myself in the eye. He's talking about what he was getting out of it Mm. and where he was at. And I was saying, like, where I was at with my work and how I felt about my work. And there was a bit where he said, I'm not really sure that you need this. Wow. Which I thought was an incredible compliment. Do you think that's a bit of reverse psychology? I thought it was genuine. Like, he was a nice person, mm. um, but what I was hearing from him about what he was getting from it or why he felt he needed it was that he didn't seem to really know what his life was about or uh, where he was going. Yeah. You know, like, maybe you're into fitness and stuff because you're that person. And he had, like, a you know a good bod and stuff and he was an attractive guy and he had, like, you know, a hot girlfriend who was into the same kind of stuff. But then what? She didn't have much direction either. Mm. You don't necessarily make a whole bunch of fucking bank working as a trainer at a gym. No. And so if you've managed to figure out how to make your body really hot, and you've got yourself, like, a partner who shares the same values and stuff, like, what next? Like, what's what's your life going to be about next? 
for me. It it made it made me feel sad for him. Yeah. And so you I, think he was vulnerable to that exact kind of thing? Yeah, and I've I've seen that before. Mm. That people who get pulled into that kind of stuff are often people who are looking for an answer to a question that they're holding. Yeah. And I respect the search for those oh, answers. Definitely, me too. So Everyone much. has to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Find your own meaning in life. Yeah. Ah, well, that was a bit of a bummer. Wellness. Bullshit. Wellness. Uh, anyway, the dream is great. The dream is great. Um, actually, on that topic, there, oh, is so a, you... there is a podcast that I really enjoy um, that I don't have on my list here called Swindled. Yeah. And it's just like a different con kind of thing every time because I oh. quite like cons and frauds and MLM kind of stuff. And yeah, like hearing about it, not doing it. Cool. That sounds good. I too. did listen to Bunta Vista and Cruisin' for a reviewsing for the first time this year as well. Yeah. And it's really nice and cute to listen to podcasts made by people that we know yeah. like, from our town. <laughs> it's really nice. I've been on Cruisin' for a reviewsing before. I listened to the episode that you did on Cruisin' for a reviewsing. How'd I do? I was packing my house to move. I thought it, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really cute to listen to you guys chatting about yeah. the movie. Oh, that's sweet. I get um, a lot of joy out of cute. I have, like, a high premium on cute in my life. I want cute to happen a lot. Okay. I can make that happen. Mm. <laughs> uh, me, oh my. Another one I wanted to recommend, which I think a lot of people already know about, uh, is called Finding Drago. <laughs> I listened to Finding Drago because she told me to listen to Finding Drago. It's yeah, so it fucking good. Rules. Oh, and the music. Oh, fantastic. Chef's kiss. So there's been a second season. What? Uh, which just finished called Finding Desperado. <gasps> um, which is sort of a, a different story, but the same people making it. And it's also really good. I preferred Finding Drago a little bit more just because of the nature of its story. It can be story. difficult to yeah. make the magic happen. But the second time. one is still... Super entertaining Ugh. and super easy to digest, and the hosts are great. So that's a big recommend for I me. I just found, I just found it. I'm like, <gasps> oh, I'm gonna smash this. Um, look, if we're talking about going back a second, like if people haven't listened to who the hell is Hamish, I haven't. Oh my god, I found it chilling. Yeah, is that a true crime one? Um. He was born Hamish Watson, a surfy dude from Sydney, but he could morph into whatever you needed him to be. Hamish is due to be sentenced to jail in early 2019 for swindling a handful of victims out of more than $7 million. But these crimes are just the final pages in a resume too thick to staple. For decades, he's duped victims in the US, Canada, Britain, Hong Kong and Australia. How did he do it? How did he evade authorities around the world for so long? And what's he done with all those tens of millions of dollars he stole? Wowee. And it's... Yeah, it's kind of local. It's like he okay. was chilling in Northern Rivers, or it might have been. I could be wrong, but oh. I was into it. Okay, that one sounds good. Uh, the last I have, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Uh, so it was really, it's really hard for me to remember all the ones I've been through. But uh, one that I've been listening to recently is called Verified. There's been two seasons, I think, and the current season is called Dust Up. So Verified Dust Up, which is about. Um, uh, the it's about Johnson and Johnson kind of suppressing 
the link between talc and ovarian cancer. Oh, my God. And it's about the court cases and the studies and uh, about baby powders, history and all that. And it's it's really Fuck. upsetting, but it's really good. It's a really good pod. Swindled um, did an episode about, like, Nestle and breast milk. Oh, man. I remember that and being formula shit. a big thing. When I was in primary school, I remember... Uh, my mum taking me to protest about Nestle. Could everybody just be, like, 5% less evil for, like, 10 minutes? No. 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 The answer is no. Not in the year of our Lord 2020. Oh, my Lord. So, uh, or 2021. Sidebar, your mum rules. <laughs> um, so, uh, it had a season before of Verified, which is about a really disturbing um, case about a sexual predator who was using like a couch surf couch surfing service Ewa, Ewa. to prey on people, um, and it was like an in- international kind of court case thing. So that was bad, 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 interesting and real bad. So that might be a bit triggering and upsetting for people. But Dust Up also upsetting, but completely different. It's about um, the science and the courts and that kind mm-hmm. of thing, the business decisions involved. So that's called Verified Dust Up. Cool. What about Movies and TV and stuff. So um, this year I watched a TV show on my own, off my own steam for the first time in a very long time. Yeah. Um, and it was Orthodox. Okay. Have you watched it? No. It's um, based on, uh, I think, a novel written by a woman about her own life. And it's about her being in a an Orthodox Jewish community in the US and sort of breaking away from that community and as, as a re- really quite a reasonably young person. And it's, um, it's quite a short series, but it's really, um, it's really gentle and really beautiful and really oh. bittersweet. Okay. And the acting is, yeah, some of the performances are like, really phenomenal and sort of heart-wrenching. Okay, that sounds like my cup of tea. Yeah, some stuff in there about, like, yeah, finding your own path and, you know, breaking away from, like, a community to find your own place in the world and shit like that. It's really... There's just some really kind of aching, kind of tender moments that you see this character in. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That sounds like something for when I'm feeling a little less emotionally vulnerable. Because <laughs> it might be a bit much for me. It's at the very moment. compelling. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one I wanted to recommend, which maybe this will have been a bit old by the time this oh, airs, whatever. but whatever. Um, Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun. Fuck <laughs> yeah. Awesome, yes. <laughs> Which is on Netflix. And oh, my God. I love it so much. It's just, like, so funny and, like, split your gourd open at the same time. <laughs> like, I was already an Auntie Donna fan. I've seen them uh, live and... <sighs> the first Auntie Donna that I remember is... Um, was it, like, the Christmas song where oh. then they start talking about, like, colonisation? I don't know. I can't remember that one. Wait. Well, maybe I can. I think the first thing... I saw, which was maybe it had been out for a while when I first saw it, but it was the um, Gang Wars song. Fuck, I don't think I know that. 
Oh, the Christmas Carol. Yes, I do remember mm-hmm, the Aussie mm-hmm, Christmas mm-hmm. Carol. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you do. Um, okay. The I'm going to play you the Gang Wars one just because okay, okay. it's quite short yeah. and it's rules. Bikey Wars. <laughs> Bikey Wars is the... Is the t- okay. I'm a bikey man from a bikey gang. Living in my crack den, making yeah, crackle of cocaine. <laughs> and extortion. Give me 20 bucks, I'll give you an abortion. Yeah. So, uh, Annie Donna, yeah, it's really, it's a bit absurd. It's really fun. I have watched it several times now. <laughs> I just put it on in the background. And because everything's been so shit, it's a really yeah. nice kind of distraction uh, type of comedy. It's good. What about just you? Low stakes TV, broadly, I think in this year has been good. So yeah. I really enjoyed watching Bachelor in Paradise oh. at home with housemates. <laughs> you just have a few drinks watch it you can simultaneously or you know just jump in and out of actually being invested in whatever strange drama is being confected yeah versus um trying to pull apart on some kind of you know pretend that you're being like a wank and pull apart on some kind of sociological level what you think you're observing yeah but then just go like it's just trash obviously i've never gotten into any of the bachelor series i don't recall I'm not that, like, committed to reality TV guy, mm. so I'm not sure what was happening that meant that I went, you know what, let's just jump straight into Bachelor in Paradise. Oh. I don't have a history of watching Bachelor, yeah. series of The Bachelor. I did watch the season of Bachelorette with Sophie Monk because... <laughs> I watched some of those episodes, <laughs> but I didn't persist. I did, for the first time, I watched an entire series of The Bachelor after I watched Bachelor in Paradise, and it was the one with the dude recently... Yeah. Um, And I think I sent you a video where it's, like, me recording the TV where he's in a hot tub with a girl, but it's me talking over the top going, I've fallen in love with you, Cobb! (laughs) Yes, I do remember that. And I was like, if it was like this, I'd watch it. It kind of was, though. Oh, man. Um... What else have I been watching? Um, the Great was a series about, well, well, kind of. It's about Catherine the Great, but it's like a completely ahistorical, fictionalised version of Catherine the Great's life, and it's really funny and fun. Okay. It's got Nicholas Holt in it. Don't know who that is. If I showed you a picture, you would know. All right. Um, but he is so good in it, and so is... Um, the lead. Oh, God, what is her name? Um, Elle Fanning. Elle Fanning is also super great. Wait, uh, was she that little kid? Yes. Once cool. upon a time, she was a little kid. Weren't we all? <laughs> Hang on. Let me show you pictures of her. Okay. All right. Um, but it is, like, it's it's set up like it's this historical drama, but it is uh, very bloody and sexy and funny. And it's mm. Did you ever see Death of Stalin? No. I don't think I did. Really? Really good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Really good. Um, all right. Should we move on to a new subject? Yeah. What about, like, YouTube channels or videos? I do do a bit of YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, I was saying to you earlier that actually, you know, like, as you get to know somebody and you, like, progressively reveal yourself. Mm-hmm. 
that one of the things that I think is very embarrassing about me is like how bad my YouTube feed is. <laughs> Why? It's just not cool. It's you know like there's all of this like all of this engagement that you do with social media and online stuff where you're like constructing and reifying like the cool you. Um yeah. And my YouTube feed is just like all of this fucking ASMR <laughs> including like ASMR cooking videos. <laughs> Oh, that's sweet. So if anybody's into ASMR, um, I've just recently started looking at some um, videos by a dude called Atlas, and he's got a nice voice, and some of the videos are really cute, and there's one where he's like, it's him as an interviewer interviewing himself as the interviewee. Oh, okay. And so one of the questions that he's putting to himself is like, what's his background and how did he get into doing it? And so one of the things that comes out of that is that he is, I suppose, by trade a graphic designer, and I think that some of that, like, aesthetic sensibility comes through in the way that he's producing the videos. Oh. So they're actually, like, really interesting and good-looking videos. So that's really nice. But I think, he, like, he does a good job of the ASMR proper as well. Yeah. Um, I don't get the head tingle thing. I don't get the ASMR. If you don't get it, reaction. you don't get it. It's fine. Yeah. Which means that probably when I imagine that when you view that content, it's annoying or creepy. Oh no! I think it's just kind of a bit boring because it's oh, quite yeah. slow. Like it's nice, yeah, but it doesn't have the physical effect on me that it obviously does for other people. Some other people. It's like um, I use it to go to sleep now. Yeah, in the place of smoking a bunch. I like. Uh, white noise when I'm going to sleep. Yeah, cool. Um, and I have an app. I use, like, a rain sounds kind of app. Yeah. So I really like, yeah, like the sound of rain um, to go to sleep to. Whereas it if w- it's someone talking, I would find that too distracting. It, it's difficult for me to, I think, convey what's happening for me mm. because you don't get the thing, but it essentially sedates me without drugs. Oh, wow. Which is very useful for me. That sounds very nice. Yeah. I'm very jealous. <laughs> Um, there's this really beautiful video and I'll send it to you, which is, um, like an ASMR cooking channel. I'm not sure she's strictly ASMR necessarily. Like, it just happens I, to I, have that going yeah, on. Yeah, it might be incidental, but she's Japanese and it's a lot of like cooking with a tight shot around the hands and stuff. It's very calming. No talking most of the time. But so she has put out a couple of videos and one is called, that, that aren't just cooking. And so one is called like, how to love just who you are. Oh. And it's really, it's a very gentle, very nice video, which I'm not sure if it reflects any kind of religious sensibility that she has, but it's really gorgeous. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll check that out. Yeah. Send us the link. It fucked me up when I saw it, so I, like, posted it. Um, And it's not recent, but, like, harrowing films, X-Files deleted scenes, I just watched over and over and over again this year. (laughs) (laughs) Because dumb shit makes me feel good. Dumb shit makes me feel good. It does. I watch quite a bit of YouTube. Uh, I think partially because of my inability to maintain focus on things for very long. Yeah, uh, YouTube I hear that. suits that perfectly. Yep. I watch a mixture of. I love um, fucking Trixie and Kutcher's show. Yeah, yeah. I do like. Uh, uh. I have like. A few different, like, video essayists is probably the best way to put it that I follow. You put me on to H-Bomber Guy, which is great. Which is great. Um, Uh, One Saturday afternoon, I just, like, sat on the couch and watched the video that he did about Dragon Slayer. Yeah. Did you like it? Fucking like it. Like, you don't even need to know the subject. I know. I know about Dragon Slayer. Yeah. 
And now you know even more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I find him very entertaining. So I've, I follow a few accounts like that. Um, and one of them is called Folding Ideas. And mm. he does a lot of videos about film and movie making kind of stuff. But he does also other things. And there's one he did recently that I really want to recommend called In Search of a Flat Earth. Ooh. And it's kind of a doco. It's quite long. It's about an hour long. But it's like he starts off. I wonder if I've watched this. Is this on YouTube? Yeah. We're talking about I've YouTube. Watched, I've watched, yeah, I've watched a <laughs> Flat Earth doco recently and I forget if that's it or not. Did he start off the video trying to recreate a science experiment with a lake? I can remember that some of the stuff that was that it it may not have been that one. Okay, it, I think it was on Netflix. There is a H bomber guy flat Earth doco flat no, Earth thing I, too. Maybe there's just a bunch of them, but yeah, there is quite a few. Yeah, uh, but this one I thought was really interesting. It took a bit of a different angle to some of the other flat Earth uh, video stuff I've watched. Yeah. Um, and it starts off where he tries to well he does he recreates a science experiment to show the curvature of the Earth kind of in direct response to a flat earther who does the same experiment in an area really close to where he lives. Like, he realises this is near where I live, so he goes to the same place and he recreates it and he is able to demonstrate the curvature of the Earth. And um, it's really, like, some of the footage from that is quite beautiful. Mm. Uh, It's really really nice. But then he sort of goes on from that to start talking about the mechanics of paranoid conspiratorial thinking and the connections between flat earthers and evangelicals and QAnon and he really kind of looks into the nature of belief somewhat yeah and it's really good um I've watched it a couple of times even though it's quite long and I have a very short attention span because it is of course beautifully shot but also the the way that he shows Are you going to post progress. links in like show notes? Because oh, I want to watch yeah, this totally. one. I'll but... put all the stuff we talk about here. I'll make sure I'll link Amazing. in the show notes. But that's really cool. And like the rest of his channels also got some really good stuff in it. But I super recommend the one called In Search of a Flat Earth. So I think what else? I <laughs> I mean, I watch a lot of Vine compilations when I'm high. <laughs> Vines that cured my cancer. <laughs> yeah. Vines for COVID times. Aww. Whatever. You know, they're um, very it's, digestible. It's like a music um, YouTube crossover, but like Mark Rabelais. Oh, yeah. Did you watch the one recently? I don't think so. Uh, I no. made a song about my favourite thing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what can I say? Wow. That was great. Um, I also uh, watch a lot of the ex-Vine stars who've gone on to become YouTubers. Uh, okay. <laughs> How's that going? I feel like I'm way too old to be watching them. Oh, my God. And yet I do. Um, and yet here we are. I'm not going to recommend any of them because I'm feeling old and self-conscious about it. All right. Don't but do uh, what about music? What about Albums, artists, um, songs. My approach to music these days is that, like, I hear a song that I like in a coffee shop and I shazam it and add it to my favourites list. But um, D'Angelo and the Vanguard's um, Black Messiah was recommended to me this year. And so that was the first time that I'd actually engaged with, like, a whole album mm. for a very long time. And it just fucking rips balls. Like, it's great. Okay. So I, I keep on going back that. to that. Yeah. Oh, it's good. 
Um, I think my two sort of newer albums that I listened to a whole bunch this year was uh, the stuff from the new Idols album, yeah. Ultra Mono. They sort of released a whole bunch of a series of singles and then the album towards the end of the year. But really great, great stuff. I sure did see a lot of people getting very enthusiastic. Oh, um, Dick Lord. Oh, Dick Lord. Before we got shut down, I was fucking loving Dick Lord. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They're good fun. Yeah. Good show. Um. Oh, uh, this is one that I feel like some people might not know about because it's a Brisbane artist. Her name is Lalka. L-A-L-K-A. Wait, did you play this to me already? I may have. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but her music is kind of, it feels like, I don't know who to compare it to. A little... Uh, electronic, dancey, poppy, very well produced. Cute. Um, really good. I'm wait, did I no. Um the first gig that I went to when we came out of lockdown was mm. a Brisbane artist Ruby Gilbert that I'm really enthusiastic about. Oh yeah. Um have I ever played you any of her stuff? No, I don't think so. Um look up this song. Hang on, I'm gonna show you a Okay, okay, first. okay. Good, good, good. Do you remember when lefties, like, got shut down? Yeah. Or, yeah, so before it got shut down and then ultimately resold, the last thing that happened there was that she filmed this clip. Okay. As I understand. Oh, the only the other topics that I had, which uh, I don't know, I haven't actually written anything for, is like if there are any accounts to follow on social media or Facebook groups to join or anything like that you'd want to recommend or books. I'm not sure that I have like big um, like accounts to follow. Mm. Oh yeah, hear him. Um, this artist Samuel Leighton Door, and their account on Instagram is Sam. Leighton, L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N-D-O-R-E, Leighton Door. And they're an illustrator and a ceramicist, and I think they're based on the Gold Coast, and their work is, um, yeah, it's good. It's really good. It's like, I'm not going to try and describe it. I'm really bad at that stuff. <laughs> oh, I like it. They do this series of ceramic tiles with writing written in them, which sort of, to me, reminds me of David Shrigley a bit, but, like, very much their own thing. And, um... Uh, they're called, like, something, this smile tiles or... Uh, I've already yeah, forgotten. I like it. Yeah, they're a really good follow on Instagram. Um, I saw that um, I really like Amy Crow's work. Yeah. Um, and I saw that she's, I think maybe because of COVID, perhaps is... Oh, I don't even know. Um, but she's got a, a hair salon open. And I think that I might have already known that she's a hairdresser by trade. Oh, yeah. So... I haven't been out there because I got my guy, but um, I just, like, like her stuff so much. Yeah. Um, I wore one of her shirts on, like, a first date the other day. Aww. Yeah. How'd it go? Uh, It was really nice. It was a really nice date. (laughs) Yeah. And the shirt is, like a hand holding a crystal ball with like a snake wrapped around the arm. I think I've seen that. And then it says truth, trust, transparency. 
This is a, a kind of Mimi account, I guess. Love a it. Teenage stepdad is yes. what we follow. Um, they do incredible, like, photoshopped uh, graphic design Mimi images with this great kind of retro feel. Like, they look like VHS covers and old book covers and stuff. I love and this. Show me. Great. They're real good. I like that it is Mimi, but it's also um, fantastic art direction. <laughs> yes. Um, and one last one, which is also an artist, because I clearly have um, biases. I think art follows are amazing follows. (laughs) Sir Joan uh, Cornella. Um, I'm probably saying their name wrong, um, but it is like... The artwork is all these very simplistic characters that have been painted or drawn um, with a real, like, sort of 50s stock... Um, character style and they always have like smiles plastered on their faces but Mm -hmm. they're sometimes doing really awful things Um, it's quite uh, surreal and it's 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 good it's good stuff oh I know this person's work yeah Yeah. I think everybody knows this person's work you Um, definitely would have seen it floating around the internet in lots of different forms Uh, and if you haven't come like the repetition of the male character like everybody knows that male character it's very distinctive this is where I spend all my time on Instagram. Yeah, honestly, like, my favourite follows are, like, art follows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I do get some really interesting social activism, general activism, learning about different uh, people's experiences of life <laughs> um, through Instagram. But there is also limitations to the format that means only so much information can be shared and nuance is a little squashed. Not as squashed as it is on Twitter, but that can make things difficult. But um, I still am picking up lots of interesting things, like seeing people from very different walks of life to me talking about life through disability, life through their particular Mm. social circumstances, their class circumstances, their race. Like, yeah, I really like just watching people's lives piece by piece and not just... But that also means I have to spend a lot of time on Instagram <laughs> instead of living my life. Uh, being on Instagram is living your life. Mm. The online life is life. All right. Well, any other recommendations? Um, you had books as a thing. Yeah, I can't actually recommend any books because I can't read books anymore. Well, I listen to audiobooks these days. Ah. So I listened to the audiobook of The Body Keeps the Score. Um much earlier in the year and that was huge for me yeah. to listen to and like propelled me into some actual therapy about like PTSD stuff. Wow. Um so that was huge. Um so if anybody's thinking about that stuff, highly recommend. I've had a few people recommend that to me. Maybe I should try it as an audiobook. I sometimes find that depending on who's performing the mm. audiobook that can be a bit of a thing. Um, the person who's reading it, it worked for me okay. to be listening okay. to it. Um, I don't know if it's my own brain problems or the internet has destroyed my attention span, but I have a lot of trouble just reading books. And I used to devour books. I used to love reading. Oh, I would go hardcore as a kid. I was like book a day. Yeah, and I used to... Because I didn't like leaving the house and there wasn't any internet. I was just like consuming books. And I'd bring books with me everywhere that I went. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
so I kind of missed that. And I did set a bit of a goal for myself this year, which was to get back into reading, and I did not achieve it at all. I think I had a bit of a goal about books previously, but I don't think I'd managed to properly articulate it in terms of behaviours. Yeah. And it just didn't happen. But I, I also, I don't know, like I read an article that said that, you know, when you're listening to an audiobook, it's still lighting up the same areas of your brain that yeah. reading a book would do. And so I have found that I'm able to get down on audiobooks. Mm. Um, so I just do that now without trying to make myself feel bad about where I'm at with actual reading. Um, I guess I consume a lot of podcasts, which... It's similar kind of content. Yeah. Yeah. It serves a similar purpose. Um, and I'm consuming, you know, multiple hour long yeah, podcasts. Yeah, totally. Like but that's because I can s- do several things at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's fine. Um, I also listened to, I really love it when it's a person reading out their own book. Oh, yeah. As an audiobook. And I listened to Unfollow, which was written by Megan Phelps Roper who is from Westboro Baptist. So it's about her Mm. in Westboro Baptist and then leaving Westboro Baptist. I think you've talked about it on the podcast before. Oh, have I? Okay, yeah. It fucking ruled. I've read an article interview with her and it's fascinating. Well, I really like Louis Thoreau and I can remember when Louis went out and did some stuff with them and I can remember being quite interested in the dynamic that they had, Mm. Megan and Louis have. Mm. All right, cool. I think we've recommended a whole bunch of really cool shit. I wonder whether or not Megan Phelps Roper and Unfollow comes back to the question about whether or not you can actually influence people to change where they're at. The whole book is about that. Mm. And it seems like her engagement with Twitter and with other people who didn't cut her off was really important for her in supporting her to come to her own realisations about where she was at with Westboro Baptist. Yeah. It's complicated. It's complicated. All right, well, let's uh, let's wrap it up there. Happy 10th episode. Happy 10th episary. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, thanks for listening. We'll be back in a fortnight with a new episode. Uh, Check out the Instagram, which is Online Mole Patrol, or the website, onlinemolepatrol.com. I stick up show notes on the website with all the links and any references that we used as much as I can you know, still find the links for, um, (laughs) for show notes and links and stuff. So, uh, I've also got a Twitter. There's also a Facebook group. They're all fairly new. So they need more people, which means you should sign up to them. Oh, me. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Oh, and them. And our listeners do a review on Apple podcasts. That really helps new people find it. Apparently. I don't know. This is what everyone else says on other podcasts. (laughs) I've heard that said before. Yeah. I have no idea if it's true. Alright, bye!